on FM, on DAB, and up to date on social media. We are Radio Newark. Jones Blue there, and what I like about you, and what we like about you, is that you tune in and listen to us every Sunday morning. That's what we like, isn't it, Ros? We do, and we're both wearing blue. <laughs> we are. I like that yes. about you, too. <laughs> Again, we, we're know, very so we matchy, get a memo, aren't we? It's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're listening to the Girls Around Town here on Sunday morning here in Newark on Christmas Switch On Day, and as promised, we have a guest with us in the studio. Our guest this morning is Lindsay Sadler, and Lindsay's going to be talking to us mostly about food which is one of our favourite subjects. It is. Lindsay, good morning. Hello there. Good morning. Thank you very much indeed for coming in. Have you come very far? I've travelled up from sunny Grantham, which actually wasn't particularly sunny this morning, (laughs) but it got progressively more foggy as I came up the A1 to Newark. (laughs) Yeah, we've had a bit of a soggy time over the last few weeks, but it's It's a lot better than it was. (laughs) So, Lindsay, before we get into the nitty-gritty of food... Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, so my name is Lindsay Sadler. Um, I'm a trained chef um, and I run a a little business for myself called Coco's Kitchen, which specialises now in children's cookery birthday parties. Can I I just jump in there for a moment? Why Coco's? Coco's. Good question, actually. (laughs) Um, I just thought it it was food related. Of course, Um, yes. When I set it up, we lived in a little village called Wood Newton, just outside Peterborough. And um, Coco the Clown, yes, um, who is quite famous apparently, randomly came from Wood Newton. <laughs> I did not um, know and that. And <laughs> his grave actually is still in the cemetery there. So, oh, there we go. So there was a, a little link there. Um, so I just thought, Co- and, and actually, I did want to call my first girl Coco, but one of my friends nicked the name, so she's now called Alexa. So I gave the name Coco to my little business, business which is like another child actually <laughs> do you actually have one of those gadgets that called elect you know talk- oh yes oh, yeah, I, was no, just, we I was do. just thinking it could be very confusing you it, know it if you're gets- talking to your daughter or talking to your gadget that's right so when i called alexa alexa which was nearly nine years ago <laughs> now it was exist, a name yeah. that mm. actually really wasn't very prevalent um but of course now everybody has an alexa we call ours echo um so there <laughs> is a say, like, when you're shouting for alexa it causes all sorts it, of problems it causes all sorts of havoc at her friends houses as the thing switches on when her name's called out actually i was reading and i was going to read it out but we're going to talk to you which is much more interesting um some stuff about top tweets from people about their teenagers and one of them was that uh, calls child's name silence calls child's name silence starts to rustle sweet wrapper i hope you're not eating my halloween candy <laughs> <laughs> so, so we went a little bit off track there so just coming back for yep. a, a, literally for a minute or so before we have another piece of music tell us um, carry on with this about you setting up your business yeah so i set up my business when my children were quite young um i was really keen to get back to the workplace um i'd had three children within four years um so i'd step back from from the business that i was working in to have my children um and after about four years i'd well and truly thought to myself wonderful as it is i needed something in my life for me (laughs) and it was just a great opportunity to actually incorporate things that i'm something that i'm passionate about which is food and cooking and actually showing children how to cook that's the really important thing for me making children understand where the food in front of them comes from and how it's all put together and inspiring that passion really from a young age 
that enabled me that I thought, well, actually, there is something here. I can put together a little business um, around my passion and around helping children to understand more about the food that they eat. And I think one of the things that you said in the information that you sent was um, something to the effect that... uh, Cooking with your, well, not to the effect of, I've got a quote here. Cooking with your kids is quality family time and you have the added bonus that you get the wonderful bonding experience of sharing something delicious together. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the big thing, isn't it? Mm. Well, yes. well, no, I'm sure the bonding thing is very important, but the, the delicious treat at the end of it or oh, the well, de- delicious a, meal. Cooking's a very social experience. Um, and I, I, I do think us cooks are quite generous people. We love to share our food with others and that's really where it's from and I think once the children are engaged with that it just gives them some an added extra really to know that they've been involved in that whole process of sharing and creation with their families is really special absolutely well we'll come back to that in a few minutes we're going to have a bit more music and this one is well again quite appropriate it's a bit of a cheesy link because so do I it's certainly in my case because we've never met before Lindsay I know that you've met uh Rosalind before so this one's called nice to meet you <laughs> nice to meet you this is Rosalind Palmer I've taken the desk over from June this morning on Sunday morning here on Radio New York Girls Around Town uh, June's here hello again she's on the other side of the desk yes I am just <laughs> still just about awake all swaps yes she's just about awake we might be having more coffee very soon after she's only had three hours sleep and we're back with Lindsay Sadler. Hello, Lindsay. Hi again. Hi. And that was really interesting that you were telling us about the the name of your business, Coco's Kitchen, and how you'd had your first three children in very um, short succession. Yes. <laughs> you'd got on with it, yes. um, but then you were really wanting something for you. Absolutely. Um, so you you'd already got your city and guilds in cooking That's at that right. time, had you? So actually, um, I went. To I graduated from school, went went off to university, went to live in France for a couple of years, came back, started working in the professional world, uh, moved around a couple, a couple of different um, businesses. And then um, I was about 23 and I thought to myself, do you know what? It's about time I, I did something that I was really passionate about. Um, so I, I've always loved cooking and food right from a young age. You know, my sort of very early memories really are looking through my mother's cookery books, um, sitting there as a young child, looking through all her Robert Carrier books. Ooh. I don't know if you remember Robert Carrier. I don't Robert think Carrier. we were that posh. We were more, we were more the B-row, B-row baking book at my house, to be honest. <laughs> well, she only had a very small selection and they were, I have to say, well-thumbed, probably mostly by me than anybody else. Um, so I thought, well, it's about time to do something that I'm interested in. So I enrolled on a uh, City and Guilds course in professional cookery at Northampton College. I was living in Northampton at the time and working in Wellingborough. And once a week on a Thursday night, I hauled myself off to college for four hours and every week there was always a million and one reasons why I shouldn't go because I'd had a long day at work I'd got clients to deal with but every week I got myself there and within about 20 minutes all my other worries and concerns had just disappeared so what was great was even at you know in your 20s you realized that you were going to pursue a career that you were passionate about and that was food um you'd had some posh food background being in France (laughs) 
Uh, and you, you mentioned to me that when you were at a chateau, you taught the cook how to make shepherd's yes. pie. I do like that. I like the fact that, you know, a bit of a cultural exchange there, like kind of pen pal, but with cooking. Absolutely. Um, so we're going to be back after the news and learn a lot more about you, Lindsay. Um, I did mention earlier that you've got a one-year-old as well, or nearly one-year-old. So um, your passion for teaching children to cook and learning about food when you've got children from literally one to being a teenager, I think is a, a really great thing for people to pick up on and that they can relate to. So looking forward to talking to you more after the news. So stay tuned Sunday morning, Girls Around Town, on this exciting day in Newark with the switch on for the lights. And we'll be back soon. Hello, that caught us off guard there because we were so busy talking about a well-known local supermarket uh, that we can't mention, but it's a low-cost one, everybody, okay? And Lindsay was actually just regaling us with the fact that she buys all of her chocolate from there to make her ganaches. Yes, so I will always use a chocolate ganache to cover my cakes. Um, actually, most cake makers would just make their sponges, then put a bit of buttercream and then whack a bit of fondant over the top. Well, that's not my style of cake making. So I um, have my own uh, sponge recipe, which isn't a Victoria sponge, actually. It's buttermilk based. And then I use a Swiss meringue buttercream in there, uh, which is absolutely delicious. And if you watch Bake Off, they always talk about Swiss meringue buttercream. Um, and then I use a chocolate ganache um, to, to give structure and taste to the cake. Um, and yeah, the, the, the ganache itself, you can make it at home. It's a fantastic little edible gift that you can make up in advance of Christmas. You can use it to make your own little chocolate truffles with. So if you want to give that a go at home, I'll give you my tried and tested recipe. Oh, yes. Which is, um, you just need 100 grams of double cream, uh, bring it up to simmering point, take it off of the heat. Then you need to chop up double the amount of chocolate, so 200 grams of chocolate. And I use a combination of milk and dark. I find if you just use dark chocolate, it can be quite bitter. So I put 100 grams of milk chocolate in there, chopped up into small pieces, or you can put it into a food processor and just blitz it so that it breaks down. And then once you've got the cream off the heat, so it's been brought up to simmering point, Tip all the chocolate into it, give it a good stir and then just tip it out so that the chocolate dissolves and then just tip it out into a bowl and leave it to cool. And that is the simplest chocolate ganache. It is divine as a cake filling or just to put on the outside of a cake. It's absolutely fantastic. You can just take little scoops out, so sort of teaspoon size. Great for the kids to do gets a bit messy with their sticky little hands as they get chocolate all over it um you just take out little teaspoon scoops of the mixture roll it into a ball between your hands and then you can get little um sugar strands or sort of chocolate flakes or hundreds and thousands and you can roll these little um sort of balls of chocolate ganache into that to coat it and then give it to somebody's little gift for christmas for teachers ideal for teachers they love things Perfect. like that that made so if you've just tuned in <laughs> you will realize that today on radio new york girls around town i'm rosin palmer and june rollins in the studio we are joined by Lindsay sadler from coco's kitchen who has a passion not just for food but for food and cooking with kids and for really making food and cooking back at the heart of the family and making it central to children's parties. Um, so we're going to be talking a lot more about getting ready for Christmas and what we can do and how you can involve your kids in the kitchen because Lindsay's got four children ranging from a one-year-old uh, to a near teenager. So um, I think, you know, you can speak with some authority about involving them at all those areas. 
um, a question about what you just said, because you know I don't do moo cow dairy. <laughs> Could you make that ganache with a, a non-dairy yeah, cream? Yeah, absolutely. I think I've even done it. So um, I come across um, food intolerances quite mm. regularly in what I do. Um, I have actually made a, a chocolate ganache with almond milk. Right. Um, it's a little bit thinner. So you might want oat milk to either, might work better because I milk. think that's got more of a a milk kind of consistency, that, that, hasn't that, it? That's right. Um, you can actually get sort of oat milk creme fraiche these days, oh, like wow. an oat milk cream, mm. and you can get things like soya cream. I'm sure they would work just as well, but you might need to play about with the ratios slightly. So I said to you, it's it's generally with cow's milk, one parts cream to two parts of chocolate, one part, sorry, of cream to two parts of chocolate. You might need to either up the chocolate or drop the cream content if you're going to do alternatives, but that is certainly an option. Now, Lindsay, you mentioned, what was it, Swiss something or other? Swiss meringue buttercream. Swiss meringue buttercream, what's that? So, Swiss meringue buttercream um, is a combination of egg whites and sugar that you would bring up to a temperature of about 65 degrees. So, if you're going to do this at home, what you'd need to do is have your egg whites and your sugar in a bambury. So you would put them in, in, in a pot over some simmering water mm-hmm. and then you gently stir it until the sugar dissolves. And if you pop a sugar thermometer in there and take it up to 65 degrees, um, that just ensures the eggs are pasteurised um, and also the, the, the um, sugar is fully dissolved. Then what you need to do is tip it into a um, like a, a, a sort of a basin where you can whisk it. So either if you've got a, like a stand mixer at home, it's ideal, um, something like a KitchenAid, or you can whisk it with, you know, a good old-fashioned, yeah. one of those things that you hold in your hands. Or June, because she's like got such strong muscles, she'd yeah. probably just use a hand whisk. She could whisk, just probably just know? use a hand whisk, but it would take a bit longer. And then you whisk it so that the egg whites become meringue-like, and then you just chuck lots of butter in it so that the but- butter emulsifies. So once you've got your meringue, which is part of the Swiss meringue, you then emulsify butter into it so room temperature butter Um, and the result is an absolutely dreamy buttercream it's super smooth it tastes like a mr whippy ice cream (laughs) and it's not overly sweet i find these days actually interestingly enough if you watch children with cake at birthday parties they very rarely eat the buttercream which is usually just a combination of butter and then icing sugar. It's Most, too sweet for them. It is even mm. too sweet for children. Most children will scrape off the buttercream and leave it to one side. It's really interesting you say that because, you, you know, my, my day job is as a hypnotherapist mm. and obviously a lot of issues, particularly with, with weight and food issues, um, I'll always say to people, actually, if you watch children at a birthday party, that's funny, so I'm going to add that bit. Yeah. They, they'll eat, like, two mouthfuls or something and then leave it. Yes. Children are very good natural barometers yep. about what they do and don't want. Babies are the same. Mm-hmm. You try to feed a baby. Well, you've got one, I'm sure you know. And if they don't want it, they just turn their head. Yes. You know, you, you hit the side of their mouth, don't you, with the spoon. And they're not having it. You know, mm. if they're not hungry, they won't eat it. We are born with actually some very good you know instincts about what what's good for us so i'm going to add that one that's brilliant so what 
can we also share with people? I think we're going to have another song first of all, Lindsay, which is uh, the whole of the moon. Keep them in suspense. <laughs> but you said you've bought a recipe in. What is it? I have. I've bought a recipe for my Christmas cake, which I've been making for years now and made very successfully with children as well, getting them involved. And today is, is it stir up? It Sunday? is. So today is the traditional day where families would make their Christmas puddings and start the Christmas cake making process together. So I thought it was quite apt that I share how exactly how you can do that at home with your children. Great. So stay tuned. We're going to have one song from the Water Boys and then we're going to be um, hearing all about the perfect stir-up Sunday recipe today. Um, if you're off to the Newark um, Centre to see the fireworks and the Christmas lights switch on, everything. What a great family day. And you can add this and we're going to share the recipe as well later. So do stay tuned. Welcome back to the second hour and the last part of Girls Around Town here on your Sunday morning, getting you into a great Sunday here in Newark on Radio Newark. And Lindsay Sadler is our guest in the studio this morning and she's been talking about Coco's Kitchen. We've learnt some interesting things about Coco and chocolate and ganache and all sorts of exciting things. And Lindsay, because today is stir up. Sunday, Sunday uh, is going to share her Christmas cake recipe, but we're not going to go through it in super duper detail because we will post it on the Girls Around Town Online dot com page. June's nodding. June is the the, the oracle within this you, studio. <laughs> the oracle has nodded, so this will be on Girls Around Town Online dot com. So, Lindsay, over to you. Yeah, well, I'll just explain a little bit of, of the methodology, I suppose, behind it, and and. and so it's an ideal opportunity to get your kids involved in the kitchen. Um, making cakes is great fun. They all love licking the bowl afterwards. Perhaps go a little bit easier on the brandy if you're <laughs> going to do it with them. But uh, yeah, I'll just I'll just walk you through it and then we'll post um, the rest of the, a link to the recipe later on. So um, you want to start by getting your dried fruit into a bowl this is something you would do 24 hours before um so you put all your dried fruit into the bowl and then pour your brandy into it now if you're not going to use the brandy you could use some tea um or you could even use i'm just trying to think what else you could use some orange juice as well to Hmm. to to soak the fruit in um and then you just put it aside and leave it for 24 hours and the smell in that fruit when you come back to it later is just absolutely it's just christmas (laughs) if you could bottle christmas (laughs) that's this is this is it and one of the great things when I was making lots of these cakes for my customers years ago is my house just permanently smelled like Christmas for about <laughs> it two smells months. amazing your house oh it's delicious <laughs> um so the next day you've got your fruit soaking this is when you start making the main body of the cake so you would beat your butter and sugar together as you would do um, if you were just starting to make a, a sponge cake. You add the eggs one at a time. This is so that the mixture doesn't curdle. Um, to be honest, these days, though, I find that mostly if you are adding eggs to any sort of sponge cake base, you will get curdled mixture. Don't worry, because once you add the flour in, the mixture sorts itself out and nobody can tell if the eggs have curdled or not. I do notice they tend to. Not yeah, that I make I, many cakes. But. I, I don't know what it is. I, I think certainly if you go beyond about three eggs, it, it will start curdling. Whether that's because these days we tend to use large eggs, mm. uh, everything gets bigger and better as, as the years go on. And perhaps once upon a time we'd have used small, you know, local eggs from local farms. 
maybe because of the mass production we're using bigger eggs um and, and that's got something to do with it because you've got more liquid going into the okay. into that mixture so don't worry about so it so don't worry about it put the flour then so you've got your your flour uh, your, your butter eggs and your sugar then you want to gradually add the flour in just a little bit at a time and give it a stir and this is where a good old-fashioned big bowl and wooden spoon comes in and you can get all your children just adding the flour gradually and and spooning it round so then the mixture comes together then at that point once you've got your flour in you want to tip in all your fruit that's been soaking in the orange juice or the brandy and then they can have fun by stirring the fruit into the mixture and this is where importantly they get to make a wish oh so um, <laughs> yeah it's a really traditional thing i can remember doing it with my mother actually in the kitchen oh. when i was little um and yeah you can just um give it a stir make a wish don't let anybody know what your wish is mm. um and then you will want to tip it into the prepared tin so when you're making a christmas cake it bakes for quite a long time you want to bake it at a low temperature so i would bake mine at about 130 degrees fan for something like two to two and a half hours mm-hmm. that is how long an eight an eight inch cake um would take so um you would line the tin with baking paper and then round the outside, because it's going into the oven for quite a long time, I just use some brown paper um, and, and just a sort of a double width of brown paper tied with string. And again, it, that just looks so traditional and lovely. You could use newspaper as well if you don't happen Ooh, to have brown there we paper. Go. Preferably it, not my page in the new advertiser, just yeah. saying, everybody. Okay, thanks. <laughs> and then, so you would tip, once everybody's stirred it and made their wish, and we put some lemon zest and orange zest into it, and maybe some ground almonds if you want to, or flaked almonds, but if there are nut allergies, you can leave them out. So, um, tip the mixture into the tin, pop it into the oven, and close the door and forget about it. And the smell that will start coming out after about half an hour will just make your heart sing. It is absolutely (laughs) delicious. So then we get it out the oven after a couple of hours um, and just leave it to cool in the tin. I always do that perhaps on a a wire baking rack. Um, And then you can start feeding it with more brandy. (laughs) (laughs) Or orange juice. (laughs) Or orange juice for children. So sort of prick it with a skewer. um, Give it a good feed. Once it's it's cooled down, you can pour a little bit of extra uh, brandy or orange juice into there. And then sort of on a couple of times a week, you can go back to it and just keep adding a little bit more. like a classic (laughs) alcoholic. Sorry. Oh dear. But it is, it's worthwhile making your own fruit cake. It's less than buying it in the shops. It's a great family. Um, it, it costs less rather than buying it in the shops. It's a great family activity. And the children feel really proud of themselves um, afterwards. Um, so once your cake is made, then you just need to top it with a bit of marzipan. A little bit of that ready rolled icing and they can decorate they can go wild with the decoration um afterwards which is also a really lovely um and special moment for the children to to share can i just um <laughs> jump in there kush can not a bit of marzipan oh not a lot <laughs> oh i'm marzipan. the same as you june i yeah. you see i like simnel cake 
better than yes, Christmas cake absolutely. because of all the extra marzipan. If it was up to me, I'd put a layer of marzipan mm. in everything and more marzipan and marzipan balls. I'm really not bothered about icing, but Mar- I'm, I'm with you, June. I'm, I'm yeah. not too bothered about the cake itself or the icing. <laughs> but just the marzipan. I must admit to having a little sneaky nibble at the marzipan <laughs> when we cover it. And actually, I'm sure if my children are listening, which they probably are, uh, they would admit to that too. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Lindsay, tell us how you you um, create sort of parties or activities for children, other children, uh, and you go in, in as your, you know, cocoa. Yes, so um, my my core business is about creating opportunities for children to cook. So, um, and um, so I offer birthday parties where I will go in and uh, with a group of children, we usually work with about 10, they can either do a full sort of cookery party package which is about they get to make pasta or they get to so they make a meal for themselves and the whole idea is the entertainment is the creating of the food together so um, we would do something like make a, a main meal so that could be homemade pasta and homemade pasta is absolutely fantastic to make with children um, you do need a pasta machine really to roll it out I have five of them. Um, so I don't expect the, the hostesses to provide all the equipment. I bring it along. Um, we would make a sauce to go with it. So you can make, we could make up some meatballs. So you could make a tomato sauce and meatballs to go with your homemade pasta. We can do filled pasta as well. You can, you can use sort of ham and cream cheese or spinach and ricotta to make little tortellini or ravioli. Um, what else do we do? Burgers, chicken nuggets, all the things that children like eating that mostly they think come out of a packet. But actually, this is how we make this it. is how you make mm. it from scratch. And I think that is so important these days to show children how to do it. It is really simple to make a, a chicken nugget or a fish finger yourself. You just cut up the chicken or the fish, then roll it in flour, egg and breadcrumbs. It's a messy activity. The children love it. And put it on a baking sheet and bake it. And that's where we get the health link, uh, because obviously I usually have a health and well-being slant. Uh, that food, teaching them as children, is going to see them through their lives healthier, mm. without all the additives. It's mm. actually cheaper mm. um, than going and buying it. And the communal thing about cooking together, or even if you just cook on your own. I mean, I had a really not great week, <laughs> to be honest, uh, for various reasons, and I wasn't feeling too well. And I made a banana loaf. I d- I'm really not a baker, but it was really therapeutic. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. It was like an hour of just, you know, being absorbed in that, mm. and then the smell was great, and I felt good about it afterwards. And so there's a great therapy in cooking, isn't there? Absolutely. And it is a life skill. And it's a life skill that we don't, I think children don't really have those same opportunities to cook at school these days as as we once did when I was little. So that was 40 years ago now. I don't want to think about that too much. I used to cook every single week at school, at primary school. We would. I, I remember coming home with little rock cakes or little mm. scones or just something. Did you have a basket, together. June? You know, the basket. Yes, you yes. had to take and it in a wicker basket yes, with and, all and your ingredients. I, absolutely. <laughs> I, how lovely is that? I know. I used to love that. Yeah, my speciality was cheese scones. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think go. I got much beyond coconut pyramids to be honest but anyway we're going to have a lovely record this is my favorite record at the moment uh dermot kennedy outnumbered so stay tuned girls around town more recipes soon and that lovely christmas cake recipe will be on girls around town online 
radio.com. You're listening to Rosalind Palmer, June Rollins, and we're joined by our guest, Lindsay Sadler. And we've been talking Christmas and all things cooking with our guest, Lindsay Sadler, here at Girls Around Town. I'm Rosalind Palmer, and June Rollins, as ever, is here in the studio holding everything together. Thank you, June. So we've had a Christmas cake recipe. If you missed it, you can tune, um, go and find it on girlsaroundtownonline.com soon. Uh, got to give June time to actually get it up there. Um, shout out time. Hello, Marie. Good to hear that you're listening. And that what, what did she say? Her husband's she loving it. She said her it. husband's loving it as well. <laughs> there, there we, we go. go. We must be doing something right What's on the Sunday morning. <laughs> and also a shout out to um, Susie Taylor, who I saw at the podiatrist yesterday. Um, and she said to say hi to June and... And that she'll be listening. Hi, Susie. <laughs> so we have talked about um, kids, really, and involving them in cookery, which is what you do from Coco's Kitchen, isn't it, Lindsay? And um, pasta, you mentioned. Um, you might not know this about me, but when I ran my PR company, one of my clients was Italian Cookery Weeks. Mm. So I went to Italy nine years running for one week, learned to cook Italian food. So I did get pretty pretty nifty at the old pasta i must say um and you were saying you can fill it with different things and that the parties you go to with the kids you could maybe if they were vegan you can obviously or have food intolerances you yes can absolutely that. you could just make different fillings for it but pasta is one of the most fun things actually you can make with children as we were talking about in the kitchen most children actually don't really realize in fact most parents probably wouldn't realize how easy it is to make so a basic pasta dough is just 100 grams of zero of a flour called zero 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 flour um and then one large egg weighing about 65 grams you just need to mix it together if you've got a mixer or a food processor it's going to do that for you if not you can have fun just doing it by hand but it is a lot more work doing it like that and and working the flour and the egg together and then you get to roll it out at the end which and you told me something really funny when we were off air that you left some for your was it your mum to do yeah so my mum was I think my mum might be listening online actually (laughs) hello (laughs) hi mum um you've got to do the hi mum shout out haven't you you have um so uh, yes my mum was up my my husband's away this week as often he is um and my mum was up helping um and uh, I was out actually at a cookery demo on Tuesday evening and I'd made a bolognese sauce in the afternoon because it's an easy meal and it's always welcomed by the children although one of them always says they don't like bolognese but there you go I've got four of them so what do you expect exactly um so I'd, we'd made the pasta dough in the afternoon as well. Um, the kids had had their food before I went out. And my mum was sort of saying, well, I, I've got the bolognese sauce, but ha, where's the pasta? And, and so my eldest took control and he said, don't worry, Grandma, I'll do it for you. So um, there three, I don't know whether it was three of them, but he was certainly involved. And so I left a portion of pasta uh, dough for, for my mum and he rolled it all through the machine and cooked it, just dropped it into a pan of simmering water. And it takes about two minutes. So for any of you out there with a girl uh, aged about 12, 12 or 13, this yes. is a 13-year-old boy. So in about 10 years, he's going to be a really amazing catch. <laughs> the boy who can cook. He also <laughs> makes a mean curry, I oh, have to wow. say, and he's can getting, knock up a, a pasta sauce he's in getting no better time and better by the minute. <laughs> and if you've got a sweet tooth, the 13-year-old boy that I saw in the papers yesterday, I didn't, actually, I didn't watch the show, but it was a 13-year-old boy who won the junior Great ba- British Bake Off com- contest okay. this time. And he makes, apparently, very good cakes. And his aim is to be a TV chef. But oh. he would be, as I say, if you've got a sweet tooth, 
he would be a good catch yeah. in a few years' time. And you, you said you'd audition for Bake Off. I Lindsay. did, yes. Yeah, what happened there so then? Why, why haven't we seen you on our well, TV? Well, I'd love to be on it. And actually, every time the um, annual application process cu- comes around, I have so many messages from people saying, you've got to get on this show. You'd be fantastic. And I, yes, I would love to do it. So I was interviewed a few years ago for it. Um, it was a very secretive process, so I wasn't actually allowed to even tell anybody I'd been interviewed for it. Um, and I got through a couple of rounds um, and and yes very sadly um, it didn't progress beyond there Um, so I don't know whether it was because they considered I was slightly too professional because you have to be amateur and of course I do make celebration cakes as part of my business Um, but it was just a great thing to be interviewed and know that out of the 10,000 or 15,000 whatever it was applications they'd actually you know picked up the phone and and wanted to talk to me a little bit more. Oh I would have liked to seen you we'd have been flying the flag well grantham newark yeah absolutely why not (laughs) you're here a lot aren't you i see you a lot in newark yes yeah well rosalind and i got uh, got to know each other a fabulous networking group that we um both went to yeah well i've mentioned it mums in business association i don't mind mentioning it again because i think you know mums in business uh can be very isolating Mm. actually it's exciting you're running your own business but when you're trying to juggle any business june and i can attest to that because we're we're self-employed as well Uh, and then you've got kids in the mix as well and and all of those things it it can be very lonely absolutely and actually it's so lovely and i was telling my acupuncturist who's a lady who lives in newark and i know because she was widowed only last year and i think she's finding it you know rough actually because mm. she's got the kids and she's trying to do stuff and i've i've really said come along yeah come along and be in a room with other mums there's, other you know business women there's always a fantastic vibe in the room that's what i've really noticed about me in newark and i've been like you over the last sort of certainly with my Coco's business probably for about eight years now involved in various levels of local networking and I have to say I've never found a group like Meba and Newark Hmm. the connections I've made I've made some fantastic friendships with people that I can just feel I can pick up the phone to or send a quick message to um, and and I know they'll just lift me up and you know pick me up and help me to continue I'm sure we've got links to that as well on our page haven't we we have indeed yes if you just go on to girlsaroundtownonline.com and put mums in business or Meba in the search it'll bring up various different posts on there where we've had people speaking specifically about the groups and there's always a link to the right Mm. website so i want you Lindsay, now to think about and we're going to have a very quick break and then come back so stay tuned about another great tip you can share for preparing for christmas for people so stay tuned girls around town radio news Welcome back, Girls Around Town. This is the last section of our Sunday morning show and this great day in Newark because there's going to be all the fireworks and the Christmas lights switch on and we've been talking about Stir Up Sunday with our guest, Lindsay Sadler, who uh, runs Coco's Kitchen. She does, um, well, cooking for grown-ups as well, but uh, I think your real passion, particularly as a mum of four, is really getting children involved in cooking and getting them to love food and to know how to make it. So for anybody listening who might be interested in that or your celebration cakes how would they get hold of you Lindsay? Um, so i'll just give out my website address that's the easiest way i am on facebook as well uh, my web address is um, www.com 
cocos at hyphenkitchen.co.uk and you can find me on facebook as well um if you just do search for coco's amazing kitchen then i'll pop up on there and i'm quite active on facebook so there's lots of little posts about cooking with children and what what we get up to at the cookery parties um which children have a lot of fun at making and then eating all the food so the food becomes the entertainment and they really get to see the whole process of creation which is just what i it's what and I'm how far will you travel how far does your you know um, little stratosphere well i have been go? down to cambridge to do one and in a couple of weeks time i'm going off to ely as well so you know i would go to nottingham certainly newark grantham all around lincolnshire we moved up from the Oundle peterborough area so i still travel back there into rutland yeah i get about it so basically everywhere that anybody's yeah. listening today you you would get to Absolutely. so that's perfect and again we're going to put the details on girlsaroundtownonline.com of the christmas cake and i enticed people by saying you were going to share some other tips for christmas what are they yeah so i would say do not panic about the christmas dinner that's the, the key one i mean it is essentially just a roast dinner now there are quite a lot of elements that you can get done in advance did you know you could even make yorkshire puddings in advance and freeze them I did not know that. There we go. You could make some red cabbage. Red cabbage is fantastic to make. You just chop up a cabbage, throw it in a casserole pot, put some herbs, some spices in there with a bit of sugar, a bit of vinegar, stick it in a low oven for a couple of hours, forget about it. It will sit quite happily in a fridge for six weeks or you could freeze it. You can pretty much do every single element of that Christmas dinner in advance and then just kind of reheat various elements on the day if that's what makes you um, happier and more comfortable to go about doing it. I, however, like to leave everything to the last minute. I should really practice what I preach and I know I should do all of this in advance, but I never do. Are you a shoemaker's child? You're doing it so much for other people. You don't get time to do it for Absolutely. Yourself. I think it's a bit like that whole taking coals to Newcastle, actually. But what I like is, you're, you're kind of you know effectively training all your children up who i know are listening you know yeah. to be your kind of uh, crew Cruise chef oh yes, yes. exactly <laughs> they run wild when i know when wise. i say that's obviously the secret to having four children uh, <laughs> like, who'd like to come and cook with mummy and then there's just radio silence <laughs> So, and, and then is that followed by and who'd like to eat yeah <laughs> so well actually my eldest in. is a bit of a food snob now so if i sort of suggest doing a certain meal for dinner he'd be like no mum I, I fancy something a little bit more kind of extravagant to that so i said right if you want to do that jamie you cook it <laughs> and that oh, can I go one that. or two ways <laughs> and what do you find what's the thing you find most when you are doing these um i mean obviously you do uh, grown-up cooking demonstrations you do the cakes but for the children's ones particularly because i know a lot of our listeners out there will have children what do you find the children they're running up to their mum at the end of it what's the thing they're saying the most about what they've just experienced they're just so passionate about what they've done um it's an it's an incredible process actually to be involved in that whole creation side of things and to understand you know where how a chicken nugget is made or how pasta is made and 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 that's the the funny thing something as simple as pasta actually is one of the things that they go my goodness and i've gone into local schools actually and done pasta with 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 the children and even the the teachers don't realize how to do it we all buy it and we all see it come out of a plastic packet but nobody really thinks unless you're interested in food like me and spend hours researching everything where it comes so you're demystifying it absolutely and you're bringing us back to let's face it what for the whole of humankind we have been involved in in our own food Mm -hmm. and actually making that 
simple, fun and enjoyable. And of course, they love the ice cream as well. So if they are doing a a full birthday tea, then they will make their main course and they will make a pudding to go alongside it. So often we'll do something like waffles. I mean, waffles is just a really easy thing to do. As long as you've got a waffle maker, it's just a basic batter. Waffles and ice cream with a little bit of chocolate sauce for pudding. Fantastic. So, Lindsay, thank you. Well, I've learned a lot today. It's been great. I'm I'm literally smelling that cake now uh, (laughs) in the kitchen. So, thanks so much for coming in. Oh, it's been a pleasure. People can get hold of you in the various ways. June, what have we got next week? Or what have you got next week? Oh, next week I've got Claire in the studio with me. She's our new guest presenter. So, she'll be back for, um, I think it's second time. Yes, it's a second time with us and we will be talking to Ophelia Marshall from Bingham uh, we're back on the oh, Be a Tourist yes. in Your Own Town track and talking particularly about the market and about things that may be happening in Bingham during the Christmas period. One of them, actually, I know, is a fight night that I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> it's all coming back to that, that, that thing. So I hope you get some more sleep. So great. Well, that sounds like another brilliant show. So do tune in again, Girls Around Town, Radio New York next week. I've been Rosalind Palmer for this last part behind the desk. And we're going to take you out this great Sunday morning with Curiosity Killed the Cat. Radio New World.